Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. You're listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping that average weekend golfer get over that hump of breaking 90 or 100, if that's still what you're working on. Today's episode is brought to you by Super Speed Golf. If you want to hit the ball farther, that's easy. All you got to do is go to golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed and listen to my interview with Mike and Kyle from Super Speed Golf talking about the science of behind overspeed training and how we can essentially just trick our brain into moving our muscles quicker to get that faster club head speed to make the ball go farther. This episode is part three of our How to Break 90 series centered around what we're teaching in the Golf Strategy Academy. This one we are talking about essentially our driver and kind of our tee shot strategy. So this is starting to wind up the beta month for our Golf Strategy Academy. Again, if you didn't hear any of the last two episodes, I have opened a online membership and just for this first month, up until August 22nd, you can go to golfstrategyschool.com slash academy and for $25 per month, we can actually work together as part of a community to help you break 90 And what we're doing here is I've got three different levels of membership. If you just want to test things out, that's going to be one level. If you want to get into our premium membership, normally that's going to be $50 per month. But with the promo code beta, you can get in if you're one of the first 20 or 25 people. And we can look at all of the trainings I've put together. I'll let you have access to all the bonus trainings that I've put together. And we're going to work on you achieving your goals going forward. So again, today's process is going to be how we can hit our driver better and what we can do to improve our tee shots and our tee shot strategy. Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, for this week's episode of the podcast, like I talked about in the intro, we are looking at the driver and kind of our overall tee shot strategy. Now, the way that I teach this in the Golf Strategy Academy like we've talked about in the past episodes, we always try to layer success. We start with the smallest possible victories we can claim, and then we build upon them. 
So the first one that we do is the T gate. Now this is something that we've touched on for short games, specifically for putting. And it's actually something we've talked about in a past podcast episode. And what the T gate does is it helps you improve the squareness of your face at impact for the driver, as well as that club path. What you do is you put two T's into the ground just outside the head of your driver And what you're going to be doing is you're going to be slowly going back and forth between that gate. And by slowly doing this and building to a longer and longer and fuller and faster swing is we are taking those baby steps towards proper face and proper path. So we start almost like a little kind of bump and run chip shot uh, pace and length of the swing. And then we just keep going slowly, getting uh, longer in the swing. And what we're doing is by going through that T gate nice and slowly, we're making sure that we have the path and the face correct. And then as you build up speed, you want to make sure that you're still not hitting the T's. And once you're taking full swings and you're not hitting the T's and you're getting up to your proper regular full swing speed, then we're actually going to start hitting actual golf balls with this drill. So you're going to leave your tees in the ground. You're going to then tee up a golf ball, right? Smack dab in the middle of them. And then what I want you to do is go through your whole pre-shot routine. You're going to pick a fairway for yourself to hit and you're going to hit the shot. Now, ideally you're going to also land your shot in that fairway. I don't care if the ball fades. I don't care if the ball draws. The idea is to keep the ball in your predetermined fairway so you can measure whether or not this is working for you. Then what I would have you do is before you hit your next ball, you're going to take three full swings with that T-gate, making sure we don't hit the T-gate, and then we're going to hit our next ball. Again, going through our entire pre-shot routine. So this really helps us kind of build into good path and good face coming through the ball. Next one is something I call low and slow, or those of you who have worked with me directly you know that I keep a two by four in my golf bag or a, an old head cover that slides really easily. Uh, because the idea here with our low and slow drill, I also keep lots of quarters in my golf bag, uh, is that we want to make sure that we are not rolling the club to the inside or getting the club started in too wristy of a fashion. I see it all the time with high handicappers. They want to get the wrists involved because they're the fast twitch muscles. And so they start their swing essentially by hinging their wrist. What I would like you to do is go look up some footage. And it's going to be a little bit older, but go look up some footage of a guy by the name of Mike Weir. He's a lefty. He won the masters. He's from Canada And he has essentially the most beautiful one-piece takeaway in golf. And he comes back until that club is like completely parallel with the ground. He hasn't done anything other than rotate his shoulders and his hips. So that's kind of the idea of what we're doing with the low and slow is we are learning what that one-piece takeaway feels like. And then uh, I would also like you to kind of leave yourselves like a breadcrumbs trail going backwards, perfectly in line with your target line. Uh, It just kind of gives you something visually to take the club back over to help you remember, don't start the swing with the wrists. We're just going to take that club back over the top of these quarters or tees or whatever the case may be for you. 
I kept a two by four in my bag for years. Well, I, I still have one that's painted by my daughters in all sorts of lovely colors, but I keep the two by four in there because what I do is I set the two by four right behind my driver. And then as I come back, I push that two by four back until the club naturally elevates and I can't push it any longer. So that's where I kind of got the low and the slow from. You do this and you're going to have a lot of really nice rhythm coming in through impact. Next up is kind of our driver tee shot strategy. Now, first things first is knowing that you don't have to hit driver on every par four just because it, or every par five. Just because it's not a par three doesn't mean that you have to use your driver. If it's only like a 320-yard hole and you're really confident from 150 yards in, then your tee shot should only be, you know, about 170 yards because that would leave you 150 yards in. That's something I call playing from your hot zone, and that's that's in next week's episode of the podcast. But when we talk about our line preference, really what I want to talk about is how we can maximize our landing area with just a little bit of geometry. So if you slice the ball, and I'm going to use slice as the example because that's what most higher handicappers do. If you slice the ball, you have to remember that you know the average sized slice for a higher handicapper is going to be just about the full length of the fairway. So if you're standing in the middle of the tee box and you are aiming down the middle of the fairway and just trying to hit your shot straight, that ball slices, you're not just in the rough. There's a good chance you're deep in the rough. And if there's any trees or any hazards, you very well may be bringing those into play too. Even if you were to aim down the left side of the fairway from the middle of the tee box, you're still not maximizing your potential space to land because if that slice is a full fairways width in the middle of the tee box and aiming at the left edge is still going to put you like just into the right rough. What I would rather you do is rather than trying to fix your swing in the moments on the tee on the course, you're just going to play whatever shot you have that day. You're going to warm up on the range and you're going to see exactly what that ball is doing. And you're, you're not going to worry about it. You're going to play whatever shot shape that is. But if that's a slice, I want you to stand on the right side of the box, aim at the left edge of the fairway and swing away. The idea here is that you are opening up more space. If you aim at the left edge of the fairway from the right side of the tee box, you are going to be essentially on the right third of the fairway if that slice is a full fairways width. And it all comes down to the geometry. Now, if you join the Golf Strategy Academy, you can actually see exactly how I lay out uh, in my training for this drill uh, the actual angle so you can get a little bit better perspective of it. But really, the fact of the matter is we want to play the shot. I mean, that's the moral of the story is we want to play the shot that we have that day. Even if you're aiming at the left edge of the fairway from the right side of the tee box and you accidentally hit it straight, you're not going to be that far into the rough because you're already taking a larger bite of the fairway based on the ankle angle. So you're not going to be in as much trouble as if you stand in the middle, aim down the middle and slice it off the face of the earth. So that's kind of our, our line preference, our driver tee shot strategy. Next, we're going to look at kind of an easy way to gain some distance with our driver. And this is kind of based on a conversation that we've had in past episodes about controlling the low point. 
Now, when it comes to a, uh, an iron, controlling the low point means you're hitting the ball just before you hit the ground and take your divot. Well, with a driver, it's actually supposed to be the opposite. We're supposed to be hitting up on the ball. So we sweep through that impact zone and we're just starting to bring the club up when we hit the ball. The drill that I like to do this is uh, you just put a T about yeah, three or so inches beyond the ball that you have teed up. So you're going to put it right down the target line. What I like to do is I actually like to take my fist. Uh, I tee up the first ball. I then put my fist on the ground and I see where I should tee up the next empty tee. And you're going to put it down the same amount. And the idea is that you're just going to hit your shot, but you're not going to hit the second tee. You want to focus on swinging up on the ball and you're not going to hit that second tee. Now, I don't want you to feel like you're lifting with your hands or your shoulders or you're flipping with your wrists or anything. You just want to focus on not hitting that second tee. The idea here that I put forward in a lot of my drills is something that will give you actual tactile feedback that lets you know whether or not you're doing the thing correctly. So by having that second tee right behind the ball, if you are coming down on the ball for your tee shot, you're going to feel it when you hit that second tee because you're going to continue to progress down and you're going to hit that tee. It's just an easy way to get that confirmation, that feedback. So you just put a tee in about three inches down the line of your first ball and you're going to hit your shot. It's pretty easy to miss that tee from three inches. If you're consistently missing, if you if you take 10 shots and you miss eight or nine or 10 out of 10, then you're doing really, really well. Then I want you to bring it into only about an inch. Now let's see if you can cleanly come up on that golf ball and not hit that second tee that's only an inch behind it. So it's a way to kind of layer your success. Once you do the first version and you become pretty proficient at that, you make it more difficult and then you test yourself again. Our next part of our kind of, this is really step five in the uh, Golf Strategy Academy, but the next part is kind of our par three strategy. Now with par three tee shots, especially if you're looking to break 90 or looking to break 100, really what I want you to do is just avoid the trouble. If you can be within 50 yards of the green off the tee and you're not in trouble, you are going to start shaving strokes off of your average golf game. Really what it comes down to is not getting, you know, talked into it by a sucker pin. So the video that I have in the academy kind of walks you through my process. The course that I was playing, it had a perfect example of a sucker pin. Matter of fact, I actually just today posted this video from the Golf Strategy Academy on my Instagram account. So you go to my IGTV page and you will be able to see this video that comes directly from the Golf Strategy Academy. And really what we're talking about, again, is not getting lulled into this false sense of security by a sucker pin. So the pin is behind a bunch of bunkers and it's in the back right corner. This green that I was hitting at is absolutely massive. For those of you in the Madison area, I'm talking about number 17 at the Oaks. It's a huge green. It's probably 40 yards deep, and it is very, very wide. But there's just a little kind of peninsula that gets tucked behind the bunkers, and that's where the pin was this day. 
So the idea is that you just aim at the middle of the green and hit whatever club you are confident in. I don't care if it's your 150 club, which would have got you in the middle of the green. That's what I would recommend is just what would you do if there was no flag? That's kind of what it comes down to. If there was no flag on that green and you had to hit the green, how would you go about it? You would aim at the biggest, fattest part of that green and you just put a nice, confident, firm swing on it. That's all you got to do for par threes. You just got to make sure you're not putting yourself in a situation where you could make a catastrophic number. Now, for me, playing this par three, had I put, had I been an 18 handicap and put that shot in the bunker, the bunkers are about 60 yards long. So there's a chance that I don't even get out of the bunker in one. All right, so now I'm laying two in a bunker. Well, now what happens if I blade it over? All right, now I've got a downhill running away from me chip shot I'm laying three with. Let's assume I get that on in four. I'm probably at best going to two putt for a six. Or, you know, maybe I'm flustered and I can't let go of the three bad shots I've hit and I three putt for a seven. That is a catastrophic result from something that could have been avoided. You know, with a green that's 40 yards deep, if I aim at the middle of the green and I hit it perfectly in the middle of the green, there's a good chance that I still three putt. But you know what? A three putt when I'm on in one is a hell of a lot better than a three putt from when I'm on in four. So let's just get ourselves on the green or honestly just get somewhere near the green because I bet that if you are within 50 yards of the green and you're not in trouble, you're not going to make more than a five on a par three. And that's really what it comes down to is keeping the triples, keeping the quads off of the card. So that's our par three strategy. And that's really kind of wraps up our driver and tee shot section of the golf strategy Academy. If you want to be part of the golf strategy Academy, all you have to do is go to golfstrategyschoolcom slash Academy Use promo code BETA, and up until August 22nd or 20 members, whichever comes first, that promo code will get you the premium membership for just $25 per month. Normally, that's going to be a $50 per month fee, but we're going we're gonna to get things off on the right foot. I want to help as many people as possible, so we're going to make this super affordable. You know, it's, it's two cases of Pro V1s, you know, or I'm sorry, you, you can get a case of pro V ones for two months worth of this membership. So something that makes a lot of sense, maybe spend some money on education rather than fancy equipment. I know I like to buy new toys on the golf course too, but really when it comes down to it, if I want to play better, I need to go get lessons or I need to put more time into my practice. So that's what we're doing. We're going through a systematic practice, a systematic series of practices to help you learn how to practice yourself better how to think your way around the golf course and play more competent, consistent golf so then you can break 90 yourself. Part of that is access to our private Facebook group as well where you can work with me directly and we have monthly coaching calls. And we're also uh, working on bonus trainings that you have at that premium membership as well. So if it's something you're interested in, again, check it out. GolfStrategySchool.com slash Academy promo code beta gets you 50% off the premium membership. All right, everybody, until next time, I will catch you all in the short grass. Cheers.
All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.